Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. People are stupid. Love to tape. Welcome to Millennial 437. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And we're joined by one of our listeners this week, one of our Facebook official patrons. It's Alex. Hey, Alex. Hello. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Originally from the state of Delaware. And uh, so it is always nice, Andrew, when you talk about uh, New Jersey because it's a little piece of home. Oh, um, but do, do you visit New Jersey often? It's funny. My dad grew up in Jersey, Egg Harbor Township, if you know where that's at. I do. Your your dad's not Bruce Springsteen, is he? No, my dad is not Bruce Springsteen, unfortunately. Uh, get off the show. But, uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I already fired within the first five minutes. I'm off to a great start. <laughs> you know, don't take this the wrong way, but I always forget how close Delaware is to New Jersey. Like uh-huh. once in a blue moon, once in a blue moon, I'll actually drive to Delaware. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe it was only 30 minutes away. I thought it was so much further. This stupid little tax free state. That's right. <laughs> wow, Andrew. I accidentally drove to Delaware once. What? When I was living in Northern Maryland, I got lost and ended up in <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> Solid. Did you enjoy your accidental visit to Delaware? No, not really, because I ended up having to pay one of those tolls that you do when you cross into the state. And so I pulled through and it was a $5 toll. I had no cash on me. I was in college. I didn't have any money. And the lady was like, yeah, sorry, it's cash only. So we're just going to send a bill to the address that's registered to this car. Of course, it wasn't my car because, again, I had no money. So my friend's parents ended up getting a $50 bill from the state of Delaware. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is the tax-free state, but they will tax you in other areas. Like our property tax right. is through the roof, and our tolls within the state is ridiculous. So they get you. Yeah, I mean, like every person in New Jersey, when they go to buy a car or a computer or something else that's very expensive, they'll just go to Delaware to do it because it's just so close and so easy. Yep. Well, it's nice to have you on the show. Later today, we are going to talk about becoming a priest because you are studying to become one. not a priest. That is so a pastor. Not a priest, a pastor. And we can get into the... They're they're very distinct things. We can get into that, but but we'll get there later. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I, I can think of one specific difference because I heard you are also engaged, right? Correct. Yes. Couple things here at the start of the show. I wanted to mention this new report. This is crazy out of the UK, 
we I don't know if we've ever spoken about Fortnite before, but it's a very popular video game right now. It's this um, battle royale video game where 100 people go in and only one person can come out. And it's really popular not just for that concept, but also just fun to watch. People just really enjoy watching other people play Fortnite. Anyway, there's this new report out of the UK. Approximately 200 divorce filings have been filed in the UK that cite Fortnite as a chief reason for the divorce. (laughs) And this is 5% of all divorce filings in the country this year. That's pretty terrifying. Does anybody here play Fortnite? No. But I feel like that's kind of a cop-out. I in this case, wouldn't the reason just probably be your partner is too busy putting time and devotion into something else to an extreme amount? Like, does it matter what that thing is? Um, I think people are legit addicted to Fortnite and it's hurting relationships that way. But isn't this like World of Warcraft all over again? Weren't people equally obsessed with that? There's a whole South Park episode on that, isn't there? Yes, yes, there is. One yeah, the my best. brother was one of those people. Oh yeah, yeah, it was obnoxious. <laughs> it went on for years. I've I've said this before on the show. I was addicted. I was addicted to The Sims Online. I was around fourteen or fifteen years old, and my parents had to stop paying for it. That was the only way they got me off of the game. But it was like crack to me. I spent all day every day playing this damn game, and so I sympathize with these. Uh, people in these relationship relationships who are addicted to Fortnite because they might not have time for their partner anymore. <laughs> They're too busy fighting like it's the Hunger Games. I bet Kavanaugh wishes he was sitting back, relaxing, playing some Fortnite. We just wanted to offer a little update on his situation. So... um the latest is that as we record on Monday night, he is giving an inter- interview to Fox News. There has been one clip released in which he says these allegations made by Ford and others are not true because he was a virgin in high school. So that takes care of that, even though um, Ford's allegations don't really involve him losing his virginity. Correct. But anyway. <laughs> more women are also coming forward though including one who claimed over the weekend that kavanaugh put his peen in her face in college and now michael avenatti the guy who reps stormy daniels he says he's got a woman who's going to come forward with allegations and he's and she's going to do an on-camera interview within the next couple days meanwhile dr ford is going to testify on Thursday. And despite this, I just heard before recording that Republicans are still aiming to vote on Kavanaugh, possibly on Friday. So they don't think this Ford news is going to, that Ford testifying is going to stop anything. What's everybody's predictions here? How is this going to play out? Where are we going to be on Friday? I wish I could say that I believed that they wouldn't confirm him, but I don't. Same. I, I don't think they're going to care. I think that they are going to do everything they can to assassinate Dr. Ford's character and ask all sorts of probing questions, inappropriate questions about her 
um, alleged sexual activities as a teenager in high school. Uh, I think a lot of questions are going to be asked that are not pertinent to the claim that she is making. And I think right now, everybody who is in the position to be able to ask questions, um, these are people who have no frame of reference for the experience that she is speaking to. So I don't see them doing the right thing. Yeah. I think Dr. Ford testifying, this is going to be televised, by the way, could push votes to nay, even on the Republican side, because she potentially is going to give some very compelling testimony, potentially very very emotional testimony, and it's going to be very hard to go against what she is saying. So I, I think, like I said last week, she has to testify if there's any chance he's going to be stopped. And I think there's a good shot that he actually will be stopped. I hope you're right. I think he gets out of committee. I think at the end of the day, though, I mean, I was just watching MSNBC before recording and um, Senator Susan Collins of um, Maine, who's one of the more moderate Republican uh, senators, she has just said that um, this uh, second woman who um, alleges the incident in college that, that we learned about this morning um, ought to testify in front of the, the, uh, the Senate committee uh, along with uh, Dr. Ford. And so she's making a public stand that all women who have allegations against Kavanaugh should come forward. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I think S- Senator Collins votes no. And there's also Senator Murkowski of Alaska, who's up in the air along with um, Senator Flake of Arizona. Uh, I think there's a real good chance that the three of them could vote no, and that uh, ends it uh, within the full body. Unfortunately, I think he gets out of committee just fine just because of the makeup uh, of the committee. Couldn't have said it better myself. Before we move on, I think it's important to lift up as someone who uh, knows women of, who have um, been sexually assaulted. Uh, I think it's getting lost in all the, of the noise that you know we ought to show our support and our love for those in our lives that have been sexually assaulted. This is a rough week. It has been a rough week and it's going to continue to be a rough week for those women. Yeah, you're totally right. I've spoken to a number of people who just feel drained and affected by what's happening this week and seeing prominent figures, including the president of the United States, um, victim shaming Mm -hmm. just in a public open forum it really, you know, it's inspired this hashtag that's going around why I didn't report. This is why, you know, if it's this bad, when you come out years later to report it, imagine what it would have been like if you had done it at the time. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget that the president is also an accused uh, abuser. That is getting lost in all of this as well. So well, thank you for driving that home. I think that's Definitely an important point to underline, especially as we continue discussing Kavanaugh um, Mm -hmm. in the episodes ahead. But before we move on to some news, we wanted to share a quick word from one of our sponsors, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs options, and cryptos, 
all commission-free because they strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Stock trading interfaces can be clunky and confusing. With Robinhood, you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone, and it provides easy-to-understand charts and market data to help you make the best investment choices. Other brokerages charge $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits, so you'll still have room for avocado toast in the budget. The best thing about this app is you learn how to navigate trading and buying stocks by actually doing it. You'll be able to discover new stocks and track your favorite companies with a personalized newsfeed, and you can even set up custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at millennial.robinhood.com. That's millennial.robinhood.com. I've been using them too. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, me too. I I used to do stock trading years ago just for fun, like as a kid, just like, oh, you know, some penny stocks and whatnot. And it was complicated and it's just shocking how easy it is these days. All right, on to some lighter news now. Halloween is approaching. We have to think about our costumes as early as possible. And we wanted to put a light on the more ridiculous costumes that are already appearing this year. There are two in particular that have been getting a lot of attention. The Sexy Handmaid's Tale costume, of course, inspired by the popular Hulu show. Did anybody here watch Handmaid's Tale? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So can you two please explain why this is horrible? The Handmaid's Tale, which is uh, an adaptation from Margaret Atwood's book, tells the story of a dystopian future in which women who can still have babies are forced into sexual servitude. They have no rights. They're completely stripped from everything. And they basically just exist to serve the homes of the rich elite that want to have children. Their bodies are used as a vessel. It's against their will. They have no say in who owns them. Their names, by the way, are taken away. So they're just of and then the man's name. And that's not sexy. Like, sexual servitude is not sexy, and that's why this is a problem. Well, now they are sexy, thanks to this costume. Yeah, nothing says sexy like being raped once a month. Right. So this was um, pulled off the internet because it got a lot of backlash, understandably. There's also another one. This one's a little safer. It's the sexy op-ed anonymous costume. Inspired by the anonymous New York Times op-ed writer. (laughs) And it's got a mustache mask and a big nose so you can be disguised. And the dress is looks like a bunch of newspaper clippings and it's got a big question mark on it and stamped in red. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, But every year there are these ridiculous sexy costumes there's this year there's even a sexy fake news costume a sexy hermione costume a sexy alexander hamilton costume (laughs) a sexy nun that's a classic a sexy nemo a a children's character by the way the sexy nun is absolutely (laughs) terrifying i just clicked on that it's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) it's not a costume it's lingerie yeah I don't even know if it qualifies as lingerie. It covers nothing. 
You know what? At least it's 65% off. Because <laughs> there's nothing to pay for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My biggest gripe with these sexy costumes, and of course they exist every year, is that they assume we are all Playboy model sexy. But like, I don't think these can work for most people. They're super small. They show a lot of skin. And I don't know. Has anybody ever seen anybody actually wearing one of these sexy costumes? No. (laughs) I really don't. I mean, of course, you see a lot of people who will wear, like, very revealing types of costumes. But I don't think I've ever seen, like, one of these trademark sexy whatever costumes. The other thing that I don't like about them is they're not clever. (laughs) My favorite Halloween costumes are the clever ones. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones where you see somebody and you're like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Last year, I was really proud of this. I was a sexy. No, I was a Hogwarts hat stall. So I was a student who couldn't decide what house to go in after the classic sorting hat hat stall. So I was wearing different house things. That's cool. But not clever. You don't think it's clever? No, I mean, I think that's really cool. And I think it's original because many people wouldn't do that. Or right. think to do that. Mm-hmm. Has anybody here decided on their costume yet? I'm probably going to be what I was last year because I'm just lazy. <laughs> I don't like to put too much time into this kind of stuff. I was May from Overwatch last year because I kind of look like her. So mm-hmm. it's the easy way out. <laughs> Why don't you go as a red panda? Uh, because I don't want to have Mark, like, tackle me to the ground when we're in, in public. Love. That's why. <laughs> Alex, how about you? Won't you be a sexy pastor? Mm, yeah, uh-huh, about that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? Um, I bet, you know, we do I bet have... your significant other would love it. Oh, I'm sure she would, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have things called pastor collars and, you know, stoles. Oh, yeah. So it, I could go all out with this, Andrew. Don't worry. A rosemary, a Bible. You can use the, uh, you know what, I won't go any further with this. You're a good person. <laughs> but we wanted to share some rules. We want to help all of our listeners out. So just some reminders as you all plan your Halloween costumes this year. Uh, First of all, children's characters and children's things should never be made sexy. So please stop that. Dressing up as a character is cool, but dressing up as a generic member of a community like a Native American is not. And speaking of people of color, when dressing up as a character, the skin is not part of the costume. So if you want to be Black Panther, but Go for it, but don't paint your paint yourself brown, please. Every year, there's that one celebrity who goes in blackface, and they get a ton of shit. Who will it be this year? Can't wait to find out. <laughs> I just want to, and maybe it's just something that I missed out on. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it, but I want to know when people started deciding that they needed to paint their skin in order to dress up as somebody who's a different race than them. Like, as a child... I dressed up as Princess Jasmine for a couple of Halloweens and it would have never occurred to me nor my parents to be like, oh, we have to make her brown. Yeah. Like it's obvious. Like she has an iconic costume. 
you wear that and people and I carried like a little stuffed animal tiger like people are going to make the association it's not like people are going to look at you and be like huh I just don't know who that character is yeah (laughs) maybe they think it's fun to paint themselves like that's part of the the evening yeah I mean people also thought it was fun to paint themselves in blackface in the U.S. uh you know a few years ago and still do yeah (laughs) think think about like julianne huff for instance the year that she tried to dress up as crazy eyes from orange is the new black yeah yeah which was it was so funny to me because like that happened and actually the same year a friend of mine who's white also dressed up as crazy eyes and she didn't feel the need to paint her skin black (laughs) she just wore the orange jumpsuit like it it wasn't that hard to do (laughs) yeah Wow. Also, you could totally get away with putting a name tag on that because they're in prison. Yes. Yeah. So you could explain the joke very easily, or not even the joke, but the costume. Yes. Did you all watch the new season of Orange is the New Black, by the way? No. Yes. I'm. I. I it seems like it's coming to a close, right, Pam? I think so. I thought I, I, for some reason, I thought this was the last season, but I think they have one more. Didn't they say they were only going to do seven or eight? I don't think they've announced if next season is going to be the last or not, but something happens mm-hmm. in this season that happens in the book that kind of wraps up. So I don't want to get into details. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. yeah. So there's speculation that next season could be the last, which I, it's definitely, it's it's run its course. Oh, yeah. We get it's it. It's the show I wish I could quit because it's really only good for like maybe four episodes right in the middle. But yes. the setup for that takes so long. Yes. Agreed. And the episodes are so long, too. And then the finales, they're, really they're like 90 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a movie. That's a great example of a show that I turn on when I'm getting ready because I don't have to pay too much attention to the beginning. Like As uh, long as you're listening to the audio and you kind of know where all the big movers and shakers are, you're fine. But. Yeah. There was a great Springsteen bit about halfway through the season that made all of the episode's worth it in my opinion (laughs) i know what you're talking about (laughs) the bs incident i thought of you (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) anyway what else is going on laura yeah speaking of scary shit news broke early this week that deputy general rod rosenstein might resign or be fired Rosenstein is set to meet with President Trump at the White House on Thursday, the 27th, in regards to last week's New York Times reporting that Rosenstein had suggestedly seek or had suggested secretly recording the president and invoking the 25th Amendment to have Trump removed from office. Of course, Rosenstein immediately refuted this reporting as false, but Trump for once seems to believe something that New York Times is reporting. Imagine that. Um, This is scary because Rosenstein is the person who oversees the Mueller investigation and facilitates the approval of subpoenas and generally allows the investigation to stay afloat. If Rosenstein is out, he will be replaced by Solicitor General Noel Francisco, who clerked for Justice Antonin Scalia and worked in the Justice Department during the George W. Bush administration. Also, according to Vox, Francisco has argued before the Supreme Court that the president should have power to fire executive branch officials. So because of Francisco's history and credentials, there are questions about whether or not he would work to curtail the Mueller investigation. So just throwing this to the panel, do we think that Rosenstein will actually be fired? If you asked me that this morning, 
I would have said yes, but they seem to be not in a rush to meet. At least Trump isn't. And that just seems to tell me that he's not convinced he's going to fire him. Also, he wouldn't meet with him if he was set on firing him. He would just fire him via Twitter, as he literally has done in the past. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and I feel like Sessions is probably, like, I feel like Trump's been wanting to fire Sessions for a very long time. So I feel like he might be more of a priority in this case. Uh, And my hope is that somebody has advised Trump that firing Rosenstein is, would be, like open a Pandora's box of national dissent because that's effectively firing the person who is facilitating an investigation into the president. Right. And if that does happen, we should all be prepared to take to the streets because that's some Nixonian level shit right there. Yeah. You think that's worth protesting, huh? Like yes. go truly protesting. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go order an American flag. Yeah, that's worth going to your nearest city if you can. If you have the ability and the means to go protest in Washington, that's even better. But yeah, if this happens, I will be marching in Atlanta. And if nobody else is there, I'll be marching by myself because this would be supremely fucked up. When is Amazon going to let us one day deliver ourselves to different places? (laughs) Because, like, I can't afford to fly to Washington, D.C. tomorrow, but I could afford to get something shipped via Amazon to ride. They tomorrow. charge by the by the weight, though, because no, they then don't. It might be expensive. No, they, they don't charge by the weight. I've ordered a lot of heavy shit through Amazon and it showed up in two <laughs> days. And then the UPS guy refuses to take and it upstairs. I'm like, asshole. Well, that's good news. Membership for me. is going to be hiked up even harder. <laughs> Okay, we are about to go hidden from the headlines, but first we have a new sponsor this week, Chegg. If you're like me, you might know Chegg for their textbook rentals. You see the boxes floating around in the delivery system. I used to use them as a college student, but they actually do a lot more these days. Today, they are the leader in online study assistance. Whether you need textbook solutions or expert Q&A, there's no better tool to help you ace any class than Chegg Study. We've all been there as a student. You're trying to study, you're trying to complete some homework, and you just get stuck. You need reliable guidance that can help you complete your work and get back to your Netflix binge. Or in my case, when I was a college student, getting back to turning on the 10-inch TV and watching something terrible on basic cable. Chegg Study lets you get your work done without the stress of the unknown by letting you tap into Chegg's massive library of step-by-step textbook solutions. Solutions cover subjects as diverse as accounting, biology, calculus, to mechanical engineering. So they've got everything covered. If you're studying for midterms, getting prepped for the final exam, or have difficult homework problems, you can master any class with the Chegg Study app. And not only do they have guides for over 20,000 books, but you also get live help from an expert. Simply use the Chegg Study app to snap a quick picture of problems not covered in your textbook, then submit it instantly to Chegg's experts. They'll help you out in as little as two hours. When I was in college, I would have killed for something like this. I didn't know who to go to for help. Being an introvert, I couldn't bear the idea of leaving the dorm and talking with some random classmate who might be able to work it out with me. This, this would have saved me so much time. 
If you're in school, you're going to want to give this a try, and we've got a special offer for you. For $5 off your first month subscription, go to chegg.com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L. Again, that's C-H-E-G-G dot com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L. Thank you, Chegg. All right, moving on to our Hidden from the Headlines for this week. We talk a lot about student loans on this show, understandably so. And unfortunately, we have some gut-wrenching news to share about the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. This program was intended for borrowers who took direct public loans and devoted 10 years of service to the public sector. This means working in government, being a teacher, being a nurse, and a number of necessary public service jobs that have notoriously low wages compared to private sector jobs. The deal for these individuals is that they would work in a qualifying public sector job for 10 years, all while making 10 years or 120 consecutive monthly payments on their student loans. At the end of this 10-year period, if one had made all of their payments in full and on time and the payments were qualifying, the remainder of their loan balance would be forgiven. Sounds great, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was something that I considered doing. Um Well, this program began in 2007, meaning that 2018 is the first year anyone would qualify to apply for public service loan forgiveness. 30,000 public sector workers applied for loan forgiveness after making 10 years of payments on their student loans. And of those 30,000, only 96 were approved for loan forgiveness. Ooh. Yeah, I'm personally not on this program, as I mentioned. I'm on the Repay As You Earn program. But seeing this, I actually have very little faith that I will benefit from the loan forgiveness that my program advertises. Um, Is anyone currently repaying student loans? And can I get y'all's take on this? I'm repaying student loans. And this pisses me off, even though I wouldn't um, qualify for this. Because a lot of these jobs, too, like because you're working to essentially allegedly have your student loans forgiven, they don't pay as well as other jobs. Like a lot of nonprofits don't pay as much as you think either. So how disheartening for all of these people who were basically doing what everybody was telling them to do, you know, go into public service, but also like pay a little more if you can so that you can cut back on interest. And like, I I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to wrap my brain around this because it's so ridiculous that, all of this was kind of probably hidden away in footnotes and stuff and nobody even knew. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you brought up the idea of paying a little bit extra to take down interest because that's something that I think all of us loan borrowers have been told, you know, always pay a little bit more if you can. Well, almost everyone was rejected from this program because of something called pay-ahead status. And pay-ahead status happens when you're on a loan repayment program and are paying more than your minimum monthly payment. So for example, if you're on public service loan forgiveness and have a minimum payment of $100 per month, and you pay $150 one month, that extra $50 takes $50 off what you'd owe the following month. So this would make your subsequent amount due only $50. But if you have auto pay set up, or you just aren't looking closely and make an additional $150 payment that following month, you will have technically overpaid on that month's bill by $100. 
meaning that you would technically only owe $0 the subsequent month. Once you're overpaid enough that your balance due is zero, you go into pay-ahead status, meaning you're ahead on your payments. But since public service loan forgiveness requires the 10 years of payments to be made consecutively, if you get into pay-ahead status and reach a month where you have $0 due and do not make a payment, your payments then stop qualifying for public service loan forgiveness. This is a classic example of we try to get ahead and we still get fucked. Exactly. You try to be smart with how you're paying back your loans and you still get fucked. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're getting fucked by giving them more money. Yeah. <laughs> like you're literally being like, wow, you know, this program is pretty great. I can, uh, I can take out these student loans and I can devote 10 years of my life to public service and in exchange... I'm being given all this loan forgiveness, but why don't I try to do a little bit extra? And you're getting fucked for doing that? All I'm going to say is I thank you for pointing this out because I am technically a full-time student and in deferment of my loan, so I'm not paying loans right now. And I uh, will qualify as a public service uh, sector uh, employee. And so this is wonderful information as someone who will begin paying their loans back uh, next year of something not to do. (laughs) So I thank you for pointing this out. Yes. Yeah. And this is a a really good opportunity to point out to you and anyone else who might be looking at doing PSLF, um, only make your minimum monthly payment. And you can also call your loan servicer as soon as possible if you are currently on this program to make sure that you are not in pay-ahead status. And if you are, they can actually remove that status from your account so that you cannot enter that status again, basically. Um, And once you do that, your payments would then start qualifying again. But think about how much this is going to suck for somebody who's been paying for six or seven years just now to find out that they have to start over. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I feel absolutely terrible for these people. Yeah, and I mean, it's really, this is another reason why our generation needs to get out and vote because the Department of Education is going to dramatically impact whether this issue gets resolved or not for the next round of uh, applicants. And furthermore, if it's going to be resolved for the people who are currently being gouged uh, due to the fine print of the current program. Based on the decisions that Betsy DeVos has made thus far, I don't expect her to vote the way that we want her to. Absolutely not. No. Um, And I think this leads us to another question before we move on uh, to the next part of the show. Do we think that there's going to be a student loan bubble that bursts? Are we looking at like the housing market type situation all over again here? I think so. But I don't see how the government is not going to be able to step in if it happens. Because at this point, they pushed the idea of higher education on an entire generation of Americans, many of whom are in debt because of it, and a lot of whom can't get jobs in the industries that they studied in because, you know there are no jobs basically 
not the jobs that they promised. So I don't know with the housing market, which is one of the uh, examples that you gave, it was kind of just easy for all those people to end up getting fucked over. But I feel like that's such a small percentage in relation to the larger percentage of adults that are now in severe debt because of education. And then they keep pushing this idea that it's good debt, you know, but is any debt really good? Right, right. And I mean, they're really setting us up to be an economically unviable generation. I mean, as a generation, we're not buying cars, we're not buying houses. We're not doing all the little things that previous generations have done to be able to keep or help to keep the economy chugging along. So, And we're also not having kids, so there's going to be yes. nobody to bail us out. Like, we're bailing out all the people that are on Social Security now. Exactly. And then we're not going to benefit from Social Security at all. So there's that. We're all going to be living on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, but it's like I'm crying on the inside. Right. What else can you do but laugh? Yeah. You can vote. If this pops, I mean, one of your questions here is what would this even look like? That's a really great question because this will not only ruin the economy currently, but it has ripple effects to, to ruin this economy for ever, if not a very long time, because when people die, that student loan debt is still there. And so it's going to, this could have a lot of, Uh, ramifications not just with our generation but beyond all right we're gonna have a little more fun in just a moment but first we have another new sponsor this week who helps you eat healthier they are green chef this is a usda certified organic company that sends you everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about green chef is a food delivery company for so many types of eaters and that's one thing i love about them They have paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore meal plans, giving you lots of options. With Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new meals. Pat and I received the omnivore box, and we made them over the weekend. First of all, they put the calorie counts right on the recipe card, so you know exactly what you're about to put in you. That's comforting to me, and it shows that they care about the nutrition of their meals. We cooked chicken salad lettuce wraps and Italian sausages with potato mash. I loved both of them, but if I had to pick one, that was my favorite. I'd say the Italian sausages and potato mash. They were so good, and it was so refreshing to cook some delicious meals that were healthier than what we would normally make on a weekend. Normally on a weekend, we're cooking, but we're cooking crap (laughs) that's not healthy at all. (laughs) So these are healthier options. With Green Chef's wide array of organic ingredients, you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. I want you to check out their menus. I'm sure you're going to find something you like. They have a wide array of recipes that range from global cuisines to classic comfort foods, all with a signature touch. And again, they cover so many specialty diets. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash millennial. Again, for $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash millennial. All right. It's time now to speak to another one of our listeners. Surprise! Surprise, bitch! And we are going to call Kelsey. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, we had Kelsey on the show a few weeks ago. 
and you're right. But that was a different benefit. If you're a patron, if you're a patron, you have access to lots of different benefits. Am I right, Alex? Absolutely. Hello. Kelsey, it's Millennial again. Hi. It's about time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good. Oh, that was a wicked laugh. You were just waiting for this, weren't you? So you could pull that one. I was like, hmm, no caller ID, 5 o'clock on a Monday. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> hey, we were, we were talking about Halloween earlier. Do you know what you're dressing up as yet? I don't know what I'm dressing up as yet because I have to work that day. I'm teaching. Um, So the past few years, I've just kind of gone with like generic witch with this uh, orange and black polka dot pointed hat that I have. Um, But but yeah, I haven't thought of anything more creative than that, unfortunately. Why don't you go as an um? As an um? An (laughs) um, a sexy um. I don't know how I would make that. That's an interesting, an interesting thought. Um, <laughs> happy Halloween. I'm sexy. Uh... I'm like super sexy and uh, like, so yeah. <laughs> sexy filler words. That can be your costume. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Actually, um, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays because it's my parents' anniversary. Oh, Aww, that's, that's cute. Yeah, Halloween yeah, is pretty so amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We would always, uh, when I was growing up, we would always have uh, big parties with our whole family at my house and stuff like that. So I have some really fond memories of Halloween. Aww. We were also talking about Kavanaugh earlier. Do you have a prediction for how that's going to go later this week after Dr. Ford testifies? Um, I, I, I have very little hope. <laughs> yeah. And like, in in the end, I like the Republicans aren't going to give a shit. They're just going to do whatever the fuck they want because they can. And uh, like, I'm I, my boyfriend and I were talking about this earlier today, just how slimy it's all gotten and how gross, like <laughs> the whole situation is. And it's just it's frustrating to you know be in California and feel like I can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, totally, totally. All right, well, we won't take up any more of your time. Thanks again for joining us. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys for calling. Um, I I know that I said this when I was uh, when I was co-hosting, but you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the show. I've been listening to you guys forever, and you know, even though I've co-hosted with you guys before, I'm still shaking a little bit. Oh, Oh. (laughs) thanks. Hey, well, you know, we actually it's always a pleasure. We actually have. Another patron on right now, Alex. Do you have any tips for him? Hi, Kelsey. Um, just be yourself, I guess. <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys towards the beginning of the show? Hi, Alex. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're having a good time. Oh, absolutely. And I echo what you just said. Like I've been listening to these guys forever, and so like when I got on and heard their voices, I was like, oh, this is real. We're talking back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're talking back. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Kelsey. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Yep. Love ya. Bye. Bye. Ah, cut her off mid-bye. Damn it. Oh. 
So rude. Of I'm me. not gonna lie. The entire time, I was thinking I must be very careful not to use any filler words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kelsey is very sweet, but I heard a few ums in there. Gotta admit. Yeah, that must be the worst part of her job. It's like when I miss a comma when I'm writing, you know? Yeah, I think the whole point, though, it's not to say that filler words are bad. It's just better to have the awareness, right? Uh, And to be mindful of how you're speaking and how often you're using those filler words. That is so true, Laura. Once again, you're making so much sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tea for mayor. All right, Alex, speaking of guests, it's almost your time to shine. But first, a word from another sponsor this week, Harry's. Harry's makes shaving an enjoyable experience. I've been using them for a few years now, and I'm never switching, ever. They've got high-quality razor blades and other great grooming products at a very fair price. I love Harry's because they give me a close shave, a comfortable glide, and a reliable product. And they recently introduced soaps, and they are amazing. The body wash is my favorite. I love lathering up with this body wash every day. Not only does it come in a super cute bottle, but it just smells amazing. They also have bars of soap, which smell even better. I love their story, too. Harry's founders were fed up with the high prices. So you know what they did? They bought a factory. They cut out the middleman, and that's how they got their blades down to an affordable price. These guys want to appeal to the masses, By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. And you know they believe in their product because they have a quality guarantee. If you don't like the shave, no problem. Just let them know and you'll get a full refund. I want you to get Harry's trial set. You're going to love them and then you're going to switch and then you're never going to go elsewhere. For 13 bucks, you'll get that weighted handle that I love and that I rave about so much, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover so you can bring it on the go and not worry about accidentally cutting yourself or other products in your bag. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set offer at harrys.com slash millennial. Again, that's harrys.com slash millennial. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash millennial to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show. All right, Alex, we want to talk to you about becoming a pastor. You told us that you are pursuing this right now. Very interesting because we here on Millennial, are troublemakers. I don't know why we appeal to you, but that's besides the point for today's discussion. Tell us, how how did you decide you wanted to become a pastor? So first, I want to frame this as I am speaking out of the Presbyterian Church USA uh, perspective. Um, there are a lot of different denominations and um ways of going about this as you alluded to earlier in the in the uh, show at the beginning priest versus pastor um only catholics and episcopalians sometimes refer to them as priests all of the protestants are pastors so um i think it's important to frame where i'm coming from um and then in terms of that so I will speak first from the religious sense and then from the kind of practical sense, I guess. So out of the religious sense, um, 
I didn't decide to be a pastor. Um, I feel called to be a pastor, and that's different terminology. In in the religious sense, feel that um, God calls everybody to to a specific profession, whether that be you know a, a professional podcaster or a pastor or a teacher or what what have you. We feel that God calls you to that uh, particular. Um, areas. From a practical standpoint, um, I grew up in the church. Um, the church uh, has been my home. Um, I often refer to my church as the my second family. Um, they raised me and supported me. Um, and so I guess from a practical standpoint, um, it just feels natural um, to be in that uh, position. When do you think you started to be called? It sounds like maybe at a young age. Yes. So I am a rare case in all of this um, because I received my call when I was third grade. So eight years old. Um, And so all throughout school and college, I knew that I was on this trajectory um, to go to seminary and to train and study to be a pastor. Um, And so I knew right out of the gate that college was not the end, that I would go on to um, get my master's of divinity. Interesting. Also very lucky to receive this calling early on because so many people, even like our age, you know, not yes. even today we know what we're doing or want to do. You you were decided very early on, it sounds like. Did you tell your yeah. parents? Yeah. Um, I told them at a very early age that this was – it was actually funny. So in my first grade, you know how like in elementary school, they make like those yearbooks and you write funny sayings of what, like what you want to be and dream to be and all that. In my first grade yearbook, I, I um, wrote that I wanted to be an astronaut bus driver. <laughs> and then in third grade, I decided, uh, you know, I, I felt the call to, to be a pastor and, and told them very early on. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of just been this, uh, this, this push and, and lucky for my parents, I have two younger siblings and I was, I'm the only one that really know, knew and knows where I want to go. Um, whereas my sisters are the typical millennials, I guess you would say, and, 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 um, are still, you know, trying to figure out where they feel where they want to go and how they feel and, and what they um, want to do as a career. And so um, my parents just kind of let me swim and um, do what I do because, you know, yeah. I knew where I was uh, ending up. Was the school bus driver at all inspired by the magic school bus? Probably. I grew up on a magic <laughs> school bus and loved it. So there probably. you go. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. So, so what kind of training studying is involved? What are you doing right now? Like, where are you in terms of completing mm-hmm. your training? So in terms of Presbyterian seminary studies, um, and this is, um, it varies from denomination to denomination, um, but I am in seminary. Uh, it's a three-year program. Um, and so I am in my last year. I graduate this year. 
Um, and it's seminary is a is is a master's program. So at the end of this year, I will have a master's of divinity um, uh, attached to my name. Um, and so within the Presbyterian Church, and I'm not going to try to get too wonky here, but it's kind of a two track system. So I go to school and I get my master's degree, and then through the hierarchy of the church, I um, go through three ordination uh, steps. We Presbyterians believe in this outer and inner call. Um, so you may feel an inner call to to be a pastor, but we also believe in this outer call of community. And so throughout this process, um, the I'm part of a committee and they examine me and, and, and um, interview me and, and follow me through my, uh, my master's program. Um, and they also, you know, determine whether they see a call uh, or not. And so it, if, if my inner call matches up with the community's outer call, um, then after this year, um, I can be ordained uh, as a pastor. Don't screw it up by showing them this episode <laughs> of this podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I I will say I am a candidate for ministry, which uh, means that they have affirmed my call. Um, and so they're just waiting for all of my tests because we have to take five ordination exams, which are the equivalent to the bar exam in law school. They're a monster of, of, a, of an exam. And so I just need to pass those and I can be certified. So I, I, I am on the cusp, but I, I agree. I will uh, keep this um, hidden, at least for, for now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a resume builder for you. <laughs> Probably not. But. It's, it's very fascinating to me how you had this calling in third grade, and it's never wavered. Yeah. People of faith, you know, go through periods where they doubt God and where they, you know, struggle with their faith. And, and I certainly have experienced that throughout my life. Um, but yeah, it's it's a kind of an interesting thing that that, uh, you know, at eight, I knew exactly where I wanted what I wanted to do. Um, and now I'm here, which makes senior year, by the way, scary as as all get out, because my dreams are about to become reality in about a year. <laughs> Do you see this being a job that you'll hold for your entire life? It it certainly sounds like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, part of, part of the broad aspect of ministry is there's a lot of jobs you can hold while being a pastor. Um, you can certainly, um, be a pastor of a church forever. Um, but then, you know, something that I'm looking into is um, uh, college chaplaincy work. So I would be an ordained pastor um, that uh, works uh, within uh, the church, but works on a college campus. Um, and where I'm at, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I uh, attend seminary. And um, Louisville, Kentucky is actually the headquarters of the Presbyterian Church USA. And so there's opportunities to work within the headquarters uh, offices, the denominational offices. Um, so, yes, this is a career for my entire life. 
Um, but there is certainly uh, more avenues than just being a pastor of a of a church. Interesting, interesting. And you feel comfortable that this will? I mean, I don't want to get into money, but that this will you know <laughs> you'll be in a good place. Like, are you gonna have to work another job? Like, I how how does this work? What are the hours like? <laughs> Well, um, the hours is um, the the cell phone uh, single handedly uh, is the worst thing that has happened uh, to pastors because before uh, people could just call the church office if they needed the pastor and you get to it when you're back in the office. Um, Now that the invention of the cell phone, people can get to you 24 hours a day. Um, in terms of working another job and pay, you know, I mean, part of, um, part of it is, you know, I'm going into a profession that doesn't pay well. Right. So, and I know that, so I will be poor the rest of my life. Um, but some churches are at the point where they cannot afford to pay a full-time pastor. Uh, so you are starting to get bivocational folks where, you work part-time at a church and then part-time at another place um, to make a full-time career. Um, as I said, you know, when I started this conversation, I'm speaking out of the Presbyterian context. And it is not a bad gig within the Presbyterian um, denomination. Um, we get, obviously, full medical benefits. Um, we get... Um, study leave. Um, so conferences and other retreats are part of, uh, paid study leave. We get, uh, vacation time, um, paid vacation time. Uh, we get a housing allowance, um, that goes to either if you're renting an apartment or, uh, a mortgage for a house. Um, and all of this is provided by the church. So our base salary is terrible. Um, but when you include all of the other benefits, it's a pretty, pretty decent gig. Um, and our board of pensions is one of the best, uh, in the, um, in all of Christianity. So when I retire, my pension is, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, um, it's not a bad gig overall, um, in terms of finance. And importantly, you feel like you're following your calling. So you don't feel like you're not on the right path. And that's priceless, really. Well, and that's part of it, right? I mean, when you turn, when you frame it in the call, it's you're following your call. And so it's part of the life rewarding moments and not all about the paycheck, even though we as pastors do get paid, which is, you know, the biggest misconception of pastors right you know like we need to live (laughs) so people need to pay us um even though churches hate to dull money out to pay us pastors but yeah yeah so you also told me that you're organizing Mm anti-racism training how the (laughs) hell do you even start planning such a thing like what do you tell people (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't suck don't eat well, yes, don't be racist. Um, so part of this is part of the Presbyterian movement, um, and, and my seminary work. Um, right. So Presbyterian church is predominantly old white people. They're not <laughs> right? racist. You don't have um, a problem. 
Well, <laughs> well, you keep thinking that, Andrew. Um, so part of this uh, journey, so I uh, serve on the Cultural Diversity Committee here at, at my seminary, and part of this journey is uh, creating an anti-racism seminary. And, and, and um, on the f- flip side of that coin is you know, creating a welcoming and, 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 you know, inclusive environment. It's uh, obviously hard work. (laughs) Um, It's, it's uh, a lot of, you know, analyzing and breaking barriers and breaking down uh, walls and institutional walls of, of classes and, and, and administration and, and, you know, admission, right? I mean, do we, how many, black and brown bodies do we emit into our classes you know and and that it it's it's a complete institutional work that we are uh, undertaking um but it's all in uh recognition that we are have historical ties um to um you know we we're a white church and we have historical ties to slavery and and you know, slavery came out of the church, right? And 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 religion was used to to harm, um, to you know, as as the as a means to keeping slaves in in their positions. And and then when you get into Jim Crow South and all of that, religion played a huge part in all of that. And so it's recognizing the church's um, faults and all of that, and saying we need to be better. Do you find that? you get any resistance from peers or others in the field who don't want to hear that kind of criticism of the church's past? Oh, all the time. (laughs) I mean, we are, we as an institution, right? And I speak of that as, as uh, the church is an institution, just like any other institution, right? And, and um, any institution is resistant, resistant to change. Um, You know, we, uh, the Presbyterian Church um, has is now opening and affirming in 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 terms of LGBTQ rights, and we actually ordain uh, gays and lesbians, and and they can be fully um, pastors, and and I as a pastor can marry same sex couples. Um, but we we battled that issue for twenty years as a church, right? And so any institutional change is slow, and so in terms of this anti racism work. Um, absolutely, there's resistance. We're not willing to, um, to stand on that side of history, uh, then we ultimately are not following the call of Jesus, um, which we as Christians profess. Yes, being Christ-like. Well, I think we need more radicals like you within the church, <laughs> if I do say so. And... We'll, we'll 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 take credit for radicalizing you. I don't know, Andrew. I don't think we can compare dick jokes to the eloquent answer that Alex has given us today. But it's like a middle ground. We're we're pushing him more towards our side. Not mean. Hey, Laura. The church has to be more sex positive. So dick jokes are completely <laughs> a okay. I love that. <laughs> And that's probably a good note to end that on. Thanks, Alex, for for sharing and opening up. I mean, that was that Absolutely. was really interesting, and we wish you Absolutely. the best of luck on your journey. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
So to wrap up today's show, I wanted to make a couple of recommendations. And Alex, if you got one, we definitely want to hear from you. We got some new Apple products last week, and with new Apple products comes new operating systems, and there's always lots of different updates, sometimes some big changes, sometimes some small things. I discovered a small thing that is game-changing to me. There is a new feature in the watch operating system, the Apple Watch operating system. Do not disturb while working out. So it's within the do not disturb settings on watchOS 5. You can't find it in iOS even though it it does carry over to the phone. This is amazing because now when you're working out and you have an Apple Watch, your Apple Watch, you obviously tell it when you're starting to work out, it automatically kicks into do not disturb mode and it'll turn off as soon as you finish working out. I love this because for the past three and a half years of my damn life, I'd be working out with my beloved Apple Watch and I'm getting all these taps on my wrist as I'm trying to relax. Uh, working out is a form of meditation for me. <laughs> I'm t- I'm trying to clear my head, and I'm getting this work shit delivered to my wrist, and I keep looking because I can't resist looking when I get uh, a tap. So finally, as I said, after three and a half years of this nonsense, we are finally being left in peace when we were working out. Thank you, Apple. I'm seriously loving <laughs> my workouts now. <laughs> Being in peace, being undisturbed, getting away from work for a little bit because I work out during the middle of the day and that's a bad time to work out if you're um, trying to avoid work notifications. So do check out the do not disturb while working out setting in Apple Watch. Speaking of Apple, what's yours, Laura? Well, I don't have my new iPhone yet because UPS keeps changing my delivery date on it. So my recommendation would be for UPS to improve its delivery estimator uh, software because it's garbage. How do I know this? Sorry to hear that. Because I arranged my work schedule so that I could be free at the time that they said it was going to be delivered today. It was supposed oh, to come no. at 3 p.m. today. And all of a sudden around like 1 o'clock, it got reset to 3 p.m. tomorrow. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And so I contacted their support through Twitter and they got back to me and they were like, yeah, it looks like uh, this got delayed because of something with customs releasing it a little bit later than we thought. And I go and look at it and it shows that customs released the phone in Atlanta on September 21st. Oof. So I can see that that's not what happened. <laughs> And furthermore, they're like, oh, by the way, when it says three o'clock, that actually means end of day. So we don't want you to be disappointed if it doesn't come at three o'clock. Like, why don't you just make it say end of day? Yeah, exactly. First world problems. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that happened. Alex, anything you want to recommend? Uh, Yeah, I would just throw in, um, I'm reading uh, a book. um, entitled Tomorrow Will Be Different um, by Sarah McBride. Um, You may recognize that name. Sarah McBride spoke on the floor of the 2016 Democratic National Convention um, as the first um, transgendered uh, female, really transgendered uh, person to speak at a major party convention. 
Um, Sarah, I actually grew up with Sarah. Sarah went to my church and, and she is a phenomenal person. And, and this book tomorrow will be different. It shows her journey of transitioning and, um, and, and marrying the, the love of her life and, and getting into her advocacy work. All right. I have one more recommendation and this leads us into our closing. Watch the new Landys. Laura and I just released two new installments over at patreon.com slash millennial. What do we talk about, Laura? Oh, we talk about a lot of the woes of homeownership, get into some tech talk, and we even have an update on a former millennial co-host that no one's heard from in a while. Who? I forget her name. (laughs) Her name? (laughs) Enough said. Yes, exactly. All right, that's on patreon.com slash millennial. Also on Patreon, After Dark, which we're about to record in today's installment. We're going to talk about a recent recent trivia night party I went to. So I'm excited to talk about that. Laura and Pam have some things to talk about. We're also going to talk about Ticketmaster. They're under fire right now. And uh, I think I'm going to have to look bad, make another Andrew Sims confession. Oh, no, you did this, didn't you? No, I didn't do this, but I'm part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, you usually problem. are. Yep, yep, yep. That's coming up today in After Dark. Alex, thanks for joining us. Hope you had a good time. And thanks for enlightening us, pun intended. Absolutely. Thank you guys for, for having me on. This was a really special treat. Awesome. Well, we thank you for your support on Patreon. I know you've been a longtime Absolutely. listener and supporter, so we were all do. Yeah, and you were great tonight, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Alex, in honor of you, I'm going to go this Halloween as a sexy pastor. What do you think? I support that. I just need picks because if no picks, it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. That's a deal. That's the least I can do for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Alex. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 